Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth Podcast, where we have wonderful, wonderful news today spread. So wonderful, I'm going to skew my normal intro where I try to antagonize you about being in California. <laughs> it's the beginning of tennis season spread. We have actual tennis. I know it's only been like a month or so, and we had a little teaser there with Limoges, but let, let, let the people know how excited you are. Break it down for us. What makes this so much fun? This is fantastic, and the WTA is so deep that it's going to just start with a bang. There's so many first-round matches that I'm looking forward to. I can't wait to dive into this card. It's incredible, and the season, you're right, starts immediately. There's a premier event this week. There's two other tournaments this week, and then in two more weeks, we have a Grand Slam event. I mean, what sport starts with that much important impactful play um that early it's absolutely incredible and as we go through it you know we've got three tournaments this week and a lot of times you know when you have three tournaments you get worried about the, the field here but each of these tournaments have a lot of big names they're pretty deep i think we'll start in china what do you think spread you ready to talk about shenzhen let's do shenzhen Defending champion last year, Arena, the Amazonian warrior Princess Sabalenka beat Allison Risk, Halep the year before over Siniakova. Um, Risk, it's funny, has actually been the runner-up three of the last four years. Siniakova beat her in 17, Radwanska beat her in 16, Halep won in uh, 15, and then Lee Nan 2013 and 2014. So not the oldest tournament, but we've got a pretty good field so far this this week we've got Belinda Bencic at the one seed here, Sabalenka at the two. I figure spread will start with the top half. We'll go top and bottom here since it's just a 32 woman field. So in the top half, Belinda Bencic. Um, let's see who else we've got: Garbina Muguruza, Wang Jian, um, Alexandra Sasnovich, and uh, Ekaterina Alexandrova, amongst a few others. But what do you see when you look at this draw? What do you think about the top half here? Hold on, let me pull it up real quick. I'm I'm still slow getting back into tennis mode. I was on Auckland. All right, Shenzhen, the top half of the draw. We have, yes, I think this. we got a lot of fun here. So the big questions coming out will be, will Muguruza improve under her new coach? I think that, um, I don't necessarily say her, her old coach was bad, but I think that a great uh, decision for her to bring on Conchita Martinez I think that's going to work out well. I think that she definitely needed a new voice in her head. It was stagnating, and she had some very awkward changeovers towards the end. Um, I really think that she's going to flourish under a new coach. And if she comes back, that just adds another wild card to the WTA field. Um, uh, we have Wang. She is definitely a force in China. I'll be looking at that. Sasnovich did pretty well in the... 125k that we capped a couple weeks ago and then of course Belinda Benches had a breakout year last year so let's see how she stacks upon her success and when I start to look at this you've got Benchich here is the favorite she is um, plus 275 so almost three to one here to win the tournament but I think this is actually kind of a tough draw she's got Blinkova in round one she should take care of her but that won't be super easy it won't Second be easy match. yeah like you won't be surprised if Blinkova won right especially first match of the year I'd definitely be surprised, but not, you know, overwhelmingly shocked. I think it'll be a tough match. Second round mm. shouldn't be too tough. Could have Muguruza there in the third round. And then my actual pick, I, I would the name I like the most here in this top half, Ekaterina Alexandrova. Um, you know, possible tough match against Siniakova there in the first round, but I think she has the game and the serve to kind of take care of that peskiness and make it the way through. And then she does probably have to play two um, 
you know, Chinese women, which we know the Chinese show up very well in these tournaments to cheer, and that ends up being, um, that support, I think, helps a lot. So she probably has Shuai Peng and then Wang Jiang, but I look at all three of those matchups. They're very winnable to me. Um, she would be there with Benjic, you know, in the semifinals. I'm seeing her at 14-1. to 1. What do you think about that spread? I like it, and she is one of the few players, I think, that we can accurately predict form, right? Because she played so well in the last tournament that was only two to three weeks away, so she knows she's ready to go. Um, I really like that look a lot. Yeah, I want to go back through and do a little more homework. I like that. I know that we're outdoors here. And can you remember if these courts play a little faster, a little slow? I know this is where the finals used to be. They're quick. Wonderful. Then I like that. I think Alexandrova at 14-1. to 1, And again, I'm going to go through and do a little bit of homework, um, probably while we're sitting here f- flipping through talking about some other stuff. But I like that at 14-1. to 1. I'm trying to think some of the other ones in the top half here. You, know, you look at Wang Jiang. She's 12.5-1, to 1, which is interesting because I expect Alexandrova to be favored in that match. Um, again, Benchich, a really short favorite. I, I never liked betting anybody to win 3-1 to one to win a WTA mm-hmm. event. Mm-hmm. especially not with this field. Although it's going to lead to, that comment's going to lead to a possibly awkward conversation here, Spread, as we move into the bottom half. Arena, the Amazonian warrior, Princess Sabalenka, the number two seed sitting at the bottom, and not too much in her way. Um, the bottom half is basically all qualifiers and um, you know some lower-level players. You look in the top half of the, bo- the third quarter, if you will, you've got Rybakina, uh, Shai Shai Zhang, Wang Yafan, at least Merton. So a couple decent names there. What do you think of the bottom half of this bracket? You're right. I mean, she's got a great field. And the couple players that have the bigger names um, that might give her problems, their styles do not necessarily uh, mesh with the court surface, you know, so there'll be a disadvantage there. For example, Elise Mertens is a great player, right? But I would think against uh, in a potential Sabalenka matchup, she'd want the court to be as slow as possible. That's not going to help her. Kirstea is the same, you know, I, I think that she can do pretty good on the quicker hearts, but it definitely isn't um, a help for her. Um, Lynette, uh, the Wangs, they, this is really sets up well for Sabalenka. This is definitely Sabalenka's half to lose. Absolutely, and you, you look at the success that she's had here in Shenzhen, um, you know, made the quarterfinals in January of 18, won the event last year, um, you know, so had, has had a lot of success here on, on these courts. She is three and a half to one, and I know we just said we generally don't like betting it outright on the WTA um, tournament at prices like this. But again, you look at her draw. She's got a qualifier, and then either a qualifier, Plushkova the lesser, then maybe Shui Zhang or Magdalenette or maybe even Masaki Doi makes it there. But you know, three pretty easy wins here. She's in the semifinals, likely against Mertens, maybe Ryan Bikina. I don't think either one of them have the game to really um, hang with her if she's serving the ball well. And then she's in the finals against Alexandrova, who I think is, you know, kind of a lesser version of what she does, or against Bencic, which will be a really fun match. But three and a half to one, what do you think about that? I think it comes down to, uh, you know, it's like the old writing phrase. You know, you have to know the rules of grammar to know when to break them. And I think that it's a good example here because it's almost like if I told you you get three and a half one for Sabalenka in the final because it's almost like she's got a, a, such a nice path to the final, you'll be getting plus money in that final and you can use your information that you've seen and decide whether or not you want to hedge off. For example, if Alexandrova has the form that we expect um, and, and it continues from her last tournament, 
Okay, now I got Sabs at three and a half to one. She'll probably be a favorite. I grab Alexandrova at plus money. Hey, I'm sitting here with a very nice uh, final that I don't really have to sweat at all. You know, or bench it. You know, whoever ends up in that final, uh, Muguruza, if she's uh, back on form. But my point is, when you have a, a, a player that we can be, what would you say her chances of making the final are? I would say they're at least 50%, wouldn't you? I would think so. Again, she'll be, I'm looking at the draw one more time, I expect her to be a pretty overwhelming favorite until she gets to the semifinals. And even if it's Mertens, right. I mean, she's minus 200. Um, you know, you stack all that up, it's hard to think that, you know, to your point, if I had to make a price for her to get to the finals, it's probably pretty close to even odds. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd say, you know, so at that point, now I'm getting plus 350, I can just hedge on the other side. Or if I'm not really impressed with the other side, um, or, you know, you know, one of them doesn't look the best, or they might be carrying an, uh, an injury, or not necessarily an injury, but some fatigue coming from the, coming from the uh, tougher side, you might not even hedge and just let it ride. But uh, I think this is a case where you got to know the rules in order to know when to break them, and I think this is a case where we can break the rule. I think I like that. I'm poking around to see if I can find a slightly better price. There are some different numbers. If you do like Benchich, I was just looking at my FanDuel app. She's like four. She's plus 440 there. Um, I've got Unibet up right now. I'm going to try to see what the odds look like here. I know um, Jorge, our Canadian associate, is on vacation south of the border. I think he's in Peru spread. Is that right? Yeah. He went to, I can't pronounce it, but the the really cool architecture, Pika Machu. How do you say it? Machu Pichu? Yeah, I don't know. But he was out there hiking and stuff, having a great time. So it's good that he's taken his success from the 2019 season and uh, and parlayed that into a nice vacation for himself. So I'm looking at Unibet right now. I'm seeing Sabalenka at plus 450. I like that number a lot. Um, I'm actually lucky enough in PA to have Unibet now spread. They even have some of the casinos here have a Unibet skin. But I bet if you hunted around, you could find at least a plus 400 somewhere. So plus 450 for Sabalenka. I like that a lot. Yeah, I like it too. I'm seeing plus 350 on Bookmaker right now. And even in there, I still think it's uh, good with the idea that I'm just going to get in the final. I should be able to hedge either way. All right, so from an outright perspective, we're looking at Alexandrova 14 to 1, Sabalenka, you know, 3.5 or 4 to 1. You know, obviously, price shop, price shop, price shop, folks. Are you ready to break down some first round matchups? Let's do it. All right. Got Odds Portal up here, a really great resource if you're trying to you know, price shop, look up what the prices are for a lot of matches. We really appreciate what they've got going on. So the first match I've got here, Elise Mertens against Lesia Soranko. Mertens minus 417, Soranko plus 317. Maybe a little surprised that Mertens is such a big favorite, but I don't know. I can't, I'm, I'm, I can't bring myself to bet Soranko even at plus 317. What do you think, Spread? Yeah, I think that's a tough one. Uh, yeah, I w- I'm not going to bite on the plus money odds there either. Yeah, you can't. And again, the minus 417, I obviously expect Mertens to win this pretty comfortably. But even at 417, I don't think I'm looking to put that in a parlay or anything like that. How about you, Spread? No, let's just stay away from that one. Uh, unless you were going to do an over-under, do you think Serenko could stay close? You know, I, I really don't. I'll have to go back through. Let me see what their head-to-head looks like. Since Jorge's not here, we can comfortably talk yes. about head-to-head <laughs> without you know having anybody jump down our throats. Um, so let me see quickly um, if they've ever played together. I'm sure they have. Yeah, I would think so, too. 
Yeah, just one match here was Hertogen Bosch, and actually Serenko beat Merton six four six one. It was How long in twenty seventeen on grass. How long ago was that? Twenty seventeen so on a couple grass. Years. Probably yeah. not something I'm I'm willing to hold on to. It does look like too expensive a price on Mertens, but I don't know. I'm not going to touch Zorenko. But definitely yeah, let's stay away from that match. Some action. All right, next up we've got uh, Gracheva plus 116 playing Friedsum minus 152. Friedsum matches have been tough for me to handicap as someone who relies a lot on data. As you look at last season, she was kind of okay, but we know last season she was coming back from a fairly significant injury, and maybe that isn't the best indicator of what she's capable of. So what do you think of this line, minus 152? I know Gricheva was hot towards the end of the season in some of those smaller events, but I think it probably makes sense if Friedsom's the favorite. What do you think? Mm, I think I would like Gricheva here at the plus money. Um, just taking a quick look at their recent results. Um, Friedsom beat Maria to start the qualifying off and Gracheva has yet to play. Oh no, she beat Jan. Um, not really that familiar with how Gracheva's form because I missed sort of the end of uh, the season with her matches. So I'm not going to play it, but I would lean Gracheva at plus money. All right. I think, uh, I think you're probably right. I think the matches is, is lined pretty close to correct. I know there's been a lot of support for Gracheva. I'm going to have to do a little more homework myself there, but I'll be staying away. Next up, we've got Krejcikova, you know, normally playing doubles here. Um, a small dog, plus 110 against Begu. Begu minus 143. What do you think of this one, Spread? Mm. I think I like Krejcikova here at the plus money as well. Even though Begu should win, I don't want to lay money with her. Hey, this is another stay away from me. Krejcikova is so tough to handicap because her singles performances are less than spectacular, but she's a really good doubles player and seems to be finding ways over the last year, year and a half to take some of that doubles talent and convert it to, you know, what, to what could be a successful singles career at some point. Begu is a solid player overall. If this were on clay, I think I'd like Begu at minus one. Oh yeah, of course. This, this, this is a stay away for me. Yeah. Same here. Some of these qualifiers are tough, so. All right, next up we've got one of our favorites here on the show, Serana Kirstea, minus 145, against Zhiyu. Uh, Zhiyu being the better of the zhiyu Jinyu combination at plus 118. This actually probably looks about right to me as well. I know that's pretty boring so far. I'm sure we will find a match that we like, but what do you think here, Spread? Are you going to take Kirstea? Uh, you know, we should have prefaced this with the fact that we are excited. This is awesome. But really, except for those players that play that 125K, we don't have a lot of, of the form of these players, right? I mean, on, on these qualifiers, we got to see a couple matches, but I have problems getting the qualifying matches um, without just seeing the highlights and, and finding the whole match. So there will be a lot of passes here. Um, I think this is another one where we're dealing with, obviously, we would take Kirstea anywhere. Except for in China, we are a little worried about uh, the home court and the way that the Chinese players perform so well at home. So that would be my main concern. But at the same time, Kirstea did play um, towards the end of the year. We know that she wasn't just vacationing and screwing around, so she should be in good form. I like Kirstea here. Yeah, I do too. I'll be staying away. I think the price is just about right. Maybe a little value on Kirstea. I could see her being closer to minus 150, 160. But at 145, that's not... A big enough edge. Uh, next up, Masaki Doi minus 213 against Bondarenko. Bondarenko plus 170. 
that seems just about right to me. Doi's the better player. Um, probably not a parlay piece, though. I'd say that pr- price is just about on the nose. Anything to add? These are two players. So Doi, I wrote off, and she came back, and she's played pretty well. So I have uh, fair disclosure, I haven't been capping her that well. Botarenko's coming back from injury and has not really seemed to have found her form yet. But I definitely think that she has the potential and she's one to watch. Uh, really don't see any value in this match, but to keep an eye on it to see um, if Botarenko can get back to full form. Because if so, she could be an interesting dog to back as the season continues. Absolutely. Next up, we've got Ekaterina Alexandrova playing Siniakova. Alexandrova minus 182, Siniakova plus 149. What do you think here, Spread? Oh, you know I'm a big uh, Siniakova fan. She got she got the worst draw here, didn't she? It's brutal, man. To play basically what I would consider the best player form-wise, um, you know, the first three tournaments, she's coming in ready to go. Alexandrova did not mess around, right? I mean, she didn't post pictures from Maldives or all these other hot vacation spots. She was working on her game and winning smaller tournaments. Um now, Siniakova has beaten her in their most recent match. Um, shout out to Jorge here for this head-to-head, uh, which was at Wimbledon, where Siniakova uh, was able to beat her by the impressive scoreline of 2-6, 6-1, 6-1. Um, it's a, that's a classic Siniakova scoreline there, right? And they're 2-2 uh, two and two against each other overall. Um, but just because of the form, I'm going to have to go against one of my favorites and I think Alexandrova's the play here. Yeah, I don't think I'll be betting this match. As we said, we like the outright price at 14-1, and part of the reason right. is Alexandrova comes in in some good form. I know Siniakova won the last match, but we're not on grass here. I, th- I think that that's a much different environment, and I like Alexandrova here. Probably a perfectly fine parlay piece at minus 182, but I'll take the outright and, and pass on the individual match. Right, because we already have the outright, too. And if anyone can get hot and just uh, shuttle our outright right off the bat, it would be Siniakova. But, um, you know, she's kind of more of an unknown factor here where we know we're going to get um, Alexandrova, who's really looking. I'm looking to see her make a big push in the rankings this year. Shui Zhang minus 145 against Magda Lynette. Lynette plus 118. Um, I don't know. Not much to see there. Might be a good over spot. But Zhang, again, should have the support of the home crowd. I would say she's overall the slightly better player. Minus 145, that's not a great price. I'd probably make her maybe minus 130, minus 135-ish. What do you think? I think if you uh, didn't like the Alexandra outright and you were looking, I would parlay Zhang and Alexandra over here. I think she's got a good chance to win here. I wouldn't want to play her straight up, but find a nice little way to make that plus money and you might get yourself a deal. So the parlay piece I like is in the next match. Wang Yafan minus 204 against Sarah mm. Soraba's Tormo plus 167. We've talked a lot about how much I think Tormo is absolutely terrible. Um, Wang Yafan, one of our favorite players last year. I think we bet on her quite a bit. I like this a lot at minus 204. I'm going to find something to partner this with. Maybe take a look at an under, maybe a spread. Let me see what the spread here is. I guess it's probably in the minus 4 range. My main concern is how many times uh, isn't wouldn't you say uh, Wang Yifan is one of the most inconsistent of the Chinese players? I think she's inconsistent in that 
her game is limited and when she comes across a power player she struggles a lot in those situations i just don't think tormo is that player oh yeah okay okay yeah if, i mean if that's your handicap too and that's where she struggles then yeah you do have a great spot i'm just a little worried but you have to remember i think that i bought stock on uh yafan a little too early last year and uh losing some of those plays probably made me a little gun shy uh to be so eager to back her this year but Boy, she's a talented young player. If she can get some consistency going, she could really have be exciting. Absolutely. All right, next up, Belinda Bencic, only minus 200 against Blinkova, plus 160. I think that's a lot of respect for Blinkova in the market. I would probably have Bencic closer to minus 250 here. I think that she's a pretty solid candidate to take care of business at home. But what do you think, Spread? I think that price is right. I think that Blinkova's got a fairly good chance to win, and this is another case of um, – uh, another Ova who got a really tough draw here to start the season. Yeah. I mean, to start yeah. benches in the first round, right? Because I think that Blinkova would be a favorite against four or five of the last women that we just discussed. Yeah, I think you're right. When you start to look at some of the other spots, like, you know, the, the next match below there is Yingying Duan and Zarina Dias. She wins, beats either one of those. You got Rodgers yeah. in the qualifier, beats either one of those. I think it'd be fun to see her play against Muguruza. Um, you're right. This is not the best draw in the entire world for Miss Blinkova, but we'll see. I think she has a chance to be competitive. Yeah, and I think it'll be fun to see uh, Belinda maybe on a quicker surface uh, show more of her offensive repertoire because I think that's something that helped her last year was um, you know being a little more aggressive on the big points. Obviously, she's always had the skill. She's always had the game and, and chances to do it, but I thought that before she might have freezed up and switched more to a pushing mode on the big points and then last year she said you know what i'm just going to go for it you know if i miss i miss and i think that really uh the variety really helped her game improve so i think this would be a good service for her to kind of show off um you know more of her shot making now this next line is pretty perplexing spread zarina dias is minus 435 oh you have a line for it i I don't have a line for it i'm not even going to tell you who she's playing She's Duan. minus four thirty-five. Does that make any sense? You know, if there's a while that we really like DS on hardcourt, so remember. This is true, um, but that was a little while ago. Let me pull up what her history looks like in some of these events. Maybe she is. I mean, Juan hasn't won since last August, so even on the Asian swing, she wasn't able to take advantage of the home court. I think this is about right. Yeah, you might be right about that. You're right. She had a tough finish to last year. Um, this is interesting. Tennis Abstract is doing this interesting thing where it seems to be doubling lots of matches. But let me see. What did what did Diaz do last year in Shenzhen? I think she did play this event. Um, I don't know. She actually skipped the Sydney was her first event last year. I don't think she has. Oh, she played in twenty January 2018, so that must have been a, a slightly different event. Made the quarterfinals. I guess you're right. Maybe the line does make sense. I don't know. I just I struggle with Zarina Diaz ever being minus 400 against anybody. Well, I don't know. I guess I remember that nice little run we had with her. I think it was the summer 2018 on hard courts where she was winning us a lot of money. So um, I think it's right. She's got a nice little serve, too. I think that'll uh, play well in the Shenzhen courts. Peng Shui against Lin Zhu, minus 106 for uh, Peng, uh, minus 112 for Zhu. Um, should be a pretty fun match here. I, it's 
pretty close. I played the ignorance. I like that a lot. I can't. I, I haven't seen Zoo. Have you seen her? I haven't seen her play. Decent server. Had a nice couple months at the end of last year and then came back to earth a little bit. Um, I think Peng Shui is the better player, but Zoo might be able to serve her way through the match. So probably a stay away from me. I might look actually at an over here, maybe over two and a half sets even. Uh, see what that looks like. But price looks just about right from a money line perspective. So it looks like Zoo just won an ITF here in Shenzhen as their most recent tournament. Really, it's interesting. I, I know those some of those aren't up on Tennis Abstract, so I missed that. Um, okay. But that's got to Yeah, so she's going to be familiar with the courts. Um, not a lot of top-level competition that she beat. She beat Babos. That's probably the biggest name. She beat Peng, the, her current opponent, but Peng withdrew, so I don't know how much to take from that. Yeah, so, and Peng's actually line. withdrew a couple times in her she most recent that. matches. I think she's a little bit older at this point. It has some injury struggles, but um, that's a really interesting line given all the everything you just kind of broke out for me. I haven't seen. I think Jorge, not to give away, um, you know, too much, is looking at Peng and may have even actually bet her on his VIP account. So, um, hmm. well, okay, I'm not. I'm not playing that at all. I have to play the ignorance. But you guys are making me excited. To see Zoo and um, making me realize that I failed on my commitment to watch more ITF last year. So this year is a new chance to, to do that. We'll add it to the list of resolutions, Spread. Yeah. <laughs> Rybakina minus 110, Zhang minus 111. It should be a pretty fun match. I generally like Rybakina, but you know, her and Sai Sai Zhang do a lot of the same stuff. I don't know that if either one of them really has a weapon to kind of blow the other one away so it should be a fun competitive match might look at it over here again what do you think about this i kind of like zang but not enough to bet it but yeah. in my bracket i have zang advancing i have rybakina advancing i lean towards her really a big fan of hers i think i'm going to be on her a lot in some of these smaller events but this is not the spot all right spread wang jiang only minus 167 at home against Olms jabor Jabor, who was, I believe, the Turkish Female Athlete of the Year in 2019. Congratulations. Um, only She's plus Tunisian. Here. Tunisian. Well, maybe even that's what it is. What did I say? <laughs> Turkish. Well, there you go. So what do you think here? That looks to me like a short price on um, Wang Jiang. I think I'm going to be looking for a partner. That might actually be my parlay piece to put with uh, Wang Yifan. Go double Wang spread. What do you think? I think Jabor started to play better towards the end of the year, and she's definitely got talent. So I think this is priced correctly. Um, but obviously, I, I had Wong in my bracket. Uh, Wang, Wang Wong in my bracket. I always pronounce these wrong. My apologies. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if Jabor pulled the upset here, so I'm not going to put money on it. So maybe break it down for me a little more. What does the match look like if Jabor wins it? Basically, she's able to hit her spots, and she's able to be more consistent, and Wong doesn't play with her usual consistent style. It's kind of what I think. It's, it seems to be very similar styles here. I don't know, again, if either one of them has any major weapons here, so it's going to be a lot about who's most consistent. I think Jabor who's, can, who's can dial fit. it up a little more. Okay. But she's not necessarily like a banger-banger. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not getting involved in that. I think if uh, Javor played her very best, she can pull the upset here. And um, with not a lot of indications towards form, I, I'm going to stay away from this one. I don't want to lay it with uh, Wong at this point. 
Last match we've got in Shenzhen, Muguruza, um, minus 385 against uh, Wang Jinyu, plus 296. Sure. Maybe look at an under there. You don't, you don't like the upset just off the fact that Garbine can lose to anyone at any time if she's not? I generally just stay away from her matches, frankly, unless I feel really good about the player <laughs> she's playing against. It's best just to stay out of the way. So maybe I under. think this is a complete dogger pass situation. Yeah, I, I do like your underlook because I could also see if she lost, she could she could get blown out. Uh, I really want to see how Garbine looks with Conchita, though. So this will be a match to watch and take notes on. Absolutely. All right, that wraps up everything we've got for Shenzhen. You ready to jump into Auckland? Yeah, let's do it. All right, looking at past champions here, two-time defending champion Julia Gorgas is back in the field this year, beat Andreescu last year, Wozniacki the year before, pretty impressive wins. And then three Americans before that, Lauren Davis, Sloan Stevens, Venus Williams. Um, starting to look at the field this year, we do have a Williams, not Venus though, Serena spread, playing for the first time in a pre-Australian event since 2017. Uh, before that, you have to go all the way back to 2013. Shout out to our buddy Kelly at Big Ten Watto of the Ball Boys for um, getting me to look that up. I thought that was pretty interesting. But she's the one seed here in the top half of the draw. I think it will go top half, bottom half again here spread. Um, also in the top half, a couple fun names. Coco Goff, Victoria Kuzmova, your very favorite, Elena Ostapenko, Amanda yeah. Anna Samova. We got CSN and Kazakina for possibly the uh, lowest combined serve power match in the history of tennis. <laughs> Jeannie Bouchard and Caroline Garcia. So some fun names here. What do you think, Spread? Um, starting with the top half, we'll start with Serena Williams. Are, what are you thinking about her when you see this field? Do you think she's here to try to win this tournament or maybe just get a couple matches under her belt before the Australian Open? I don't think she ever enters a tournament with the intention not to win it. Right? With her schedule... She doesn't take any flyers on tournaments. So if she's here, she thinks that this is an important um, piece and that it's necessary for her preparation to win the Australian because she only cares about slams at this point. So um, I have no questions about her motivation. I don't think there's any – she's not going to pack it in. Um, she's here to win. So if she doesn't win, it will be because another player beat her, not because she screwed around and didn't care about the match. All right, so then as you look at this top half, then, is there anybody in this group of players you can see beating her? I think Penko and Anasmova could both redline and beat her. All right, so let's look at their prices then. I mean, Serena Williams is plus 180 to win this event. I can't possibly make any reasonable case for that. Anasimova is at 7-1. to Ostapenko at 17-1. to Anasimova has a, a little easier draw. Penko's got Siegmund in the first round. We'll see if... Um, the tennis player formerly known as Laura Siegman shows up or if she's actually in shape and interested to play tennis this year. But the second round match could be a little tricky, either Coco Goff or Kuzmova. And then she's got Serena around earlier. Anna Samova wouldn't get Serena all the way until the semifinals. So I think that explains the price discrepancy between the 7 and the 17. But do you like either of those numbers? I think the price discrepancy is also that Anna Samova is probably a little more consistent. Um... I mean, the Ostapenko red line is, is a good one, but she does have she doesn't have the easiest draw. She could have a rematch um, of the Lens final with Coco Goff in the, the second round, and yeah, an Anasmova Penko match would be fantastic if she was able to get past uh, Serena. But I don't know if I necessarily see that. Um, Kasakina, no, not on this surface. 
I don't think anyone at the bottom part. I mean, we left out Carol Garcia altogether. I mean, is that really a referendum on how poorly she's been playing? I have nothing to say about her and will continue to say nothing about her until she does anything other than suck wind. All right, well, I'll be interested to see your look on the first-round matches because I think Taylor Townsend's got an interesting game that can give her trouble, but I can't see Taylor Townsend winning this, so I left her off of my um, outright list. I don't think that you should take an outright from this half. I agree. Unless you want to go for Redline Panko, and I'm a little um, biased, you know. If that's your but... plan. I think you just wait for the Panko Serena match and just go big there. Um, you know, it won't be seventeen to one odds. What should be four to one, five to one? Yeah, she would have good form if she was going into that. I'd say like three to one. Well, maybe that's a little less appealing, but even that at seventeen to one, you don't even know if she gets to that spot. And when, if she does get to that spot, it's going to be a tough match for her. So. Right, and she's so inconsistent, I don't think it's necessarily worth it. So who are you looking at out of the bottom? Because I think there's more value here. There is, when we look at the bottom here. Caroline Wozniacki um, and her farewell tour here. Just about three, four more weeks of Miss Wozniacki. So make sure you get a chance to watch her. Lauren Davis, uh, two-time defending champion, Julia Gorgas, Rebecca Peterson, and Petra March are some of the bigger names here in the bottom. And I don't see any reason to not bet on, on Julia Gorgas. I'm looking at Bookmaker right now. She's 11-1. to 1. No problems, really, in her draw. Um, has a wild card, Dasha Ivanova, who is an American that I've never heard of spread. I don't know about you. Um, no, I was excited, though. That's a cool name. Yep, they've got her and Teichman. So, you know, first round she gets a qualifier, then she gets the winner of Ivanova. Teichman, then she's looking at maybe Lauren Davis, maybe Wozniacki. I'm not too worried about either of those matches, to be perfectly honest. And then maybe Rebecca Peterson, maybe Petra Martic. Is Gorgas not the favorite in every single one of those matches? I'll bet you Petra would be lined pretty evenly if she made it that far because that would indicate that her form is pretty good. Yeah, but Gorgas, you'd have to say, would be in similarly good form. again. Right, I'd say she'd be a slight favorite, but I don't think you get more than plus 120, plus 130 on Martich if they played. Yeah, I think that's almost plus 150, plus 160, but maybe we'll see how things go. So what do you think about that at 11-1? That's the name that really stuck out to me. What do you think about I – think, I think it's definitely a good look. But what do you think about Pagula redlining and jumping into the final here? She's definitely got the game for this surface. I'm a big fan of hers. I just, I don't see it. I think that Peterson beats her up pretty good. I think really beats her up pretty good. And then even if she beats either one of them, she's staring at Gorgas, maybe Wozniacki. It's, I can't see her putting together that many matches against this level of, of talent. I think when we're looking at her, we need to be looking more in the um, internationals. Okay. I think this is an international, but I think your point is made well. Because I think this is a stacked field for uh, international. This is not oh, the right. typical international. international field we get. Yeah. But I mean, point. just the names, right? I mean, even these first round matches, right? I mean, this is great television. So, okay. I actually don't really like this tournament from an outright perspective. Um, but just so I don't give out the same pick as you, let me see who I would choose if I had to choose. So I bet if Jorge um, were here, he'd be talking about Rebecca Peterson at twenty-five to one. You know, yeah, I don't Zidantic, think that's a bad look. Bad surface for Zidancic. Pagula again should take care of business there. Martich, I think that'll be a pretty even match for her. And then Gorgas or Wozniacki. If you like Peterson, you probably like her chances there. 
Again, I like Gorgas here, so I'm sticking with that. But Peterson at 25 to 1 isn't the worst idea in the world. Uh, other two long shots I think that are appealing, um, just from the long shot perspective, AVU and Kuzmova are both 40 to 1. Kuzmova, again, she's in the top half with Serena, so I think you got to throw that one out. And then yep. Van Udfank, it's just it's a tough draw. I mean, Mardich in the first round, mm-hmm. Peterson, Gorgas, or Wozniacki, it's, that's going to be rough. Yeah, so those are probably priced accurately. All right, so you doing Gorgas with me at eleven to one, or am I uh, am I standing on Gorgas Island alone? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll jo- I'll join in with you, but like I said, this is my least favorite from an outright perspective. But you know what's good is this might be my most favorite from a first round perspective. So let's jump into those matches. Excellent, wonderful segue there, spread. You've been practicing. Yeah, I have. All right, let's jump into the first round matchups. First up, we've got Amanda Anasimova minus three fifty-seven against Katarina Kozlova plus two seventy-three. Makes sense to me. Anything to add? Would you look at her on the spread there? Do you think she blows her away or grab Kozlova an under here? Could be tough, and, and her matches tend to go a little bit over. But Anasimova on the spread is isn't the worst idea. But I don't know. I, I think she's a good player. Let's wait and see kind of what she's got. All right. The next line's pretty interesting. CC Bellis minus 175 against Jessica Pagula. Now, it's been a little while since we've seen Bellis play. I know she was hurt most of last year, and you were just talking about how much you like Pagula, especially on this surface. So you ready to bet the dog here, Spread? Is this WWF? I'm I think confused. it is. This is a confusing price to me. I, I, I like Pagula a lot at that plus 142. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I'm going to tr- pull up here tennis explorer and try to see when even the last time cc bellis played tennis to be perfect i think she honest. played really recently be um to get back out there that's what I her mean. last match was yep lost to flipkins 2-0 in november in houston yeah. looks like oh, she played in houston actually she won a couple matches in houston yeah. so she played in houston that was it i knew yep. she had played one little comeback here so that two was her only Lash, tournament over in Perez, 2019. 2-1 over Lepchenko and then loses 2-0 against Flipkins. Can't feel super great about that. Now, Pagula hasn't played since last season. This will be her first And she out. ended horribly. They had a bad one. Right? Lost twice to Diaz, then to Cornette, Bonaventure, Herzog, Osaka. So maybe that's that's what's driving a little bit of this. The market takes a look, sees Bellis has won a few matches, played you know, in the last month or so, whereas Pagula's coming off. A two-month break here um, has not won a match since October of last year, but I don't. Know. Right, I'm not. Really I still like Pagula here at the price. I think I do too. And it's funny because I like C- and I know that you know we talk about Pagula and we're big on her. I still think Cece's like got a way more potential for a better career. I like Bellis a lot as a player. Um, I'm just worried about her first match back and her taking some time to get reacclimated to life on the WTA tour. All right, Jeannie Bouchard spread playing coach Kirsten Flipkins. What do you think? I'm not playing this, but I put Flipkins in my bracket. Yeah, Jeannie's a dog, plus 154. Flipkins minus 192, which is such a weird it's line. It's too much. It's, it's too much to better. But right, at this point, can't even... But do you want to bet on Jeannie? I don't. Jeannie. No, I, I, don't, I don't see any reason... To do that, you know, she seemed to get it. She got a new coach late last year. Said she was going to refocus and come back, you know, ready to go. I will, uh, I will happily await 
await that moment. Yeah. All right. Well, it's good that we did at least get Pagula plus 142. We didn't pick any singles matches in the last tournament, so that's good. We finally got one here. We continue to pass on the rest. Coco Goff minus 137. Kuzmova plus 110. I think you told me you had Kuzmova in your bracket, so do you like the I dogs? I do. Is that crazy? Am I being too wild? I don't know. I don't like Kuzmova's game. I really don't. I know that she's got a I know. I think serve. that she's it's only me and John Joe. And John Joe was even going to leave the island and leave me all alone. Yeah, if I mean, if she's going to have a good season, this is a match that she needs to win. At the same time, Coco Goff coming out, minus 137. At the same time, this could be, if she's as good as she looked towards the end of last year, this could be the last time we see her at minus one, only minus 137 against a player like this. So this will be a really interesting match. This will be one I'll try to stay up and watch or get up and watch a replay of. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see it. I like Kuzma over here. I think that um, she's got a good chance. If she can play and get the ball and play, if not, um, Goff will just keep hitting the ball back and let Kuzmova beat herself, which is obviously what the bookmakers think. Still think that because of her popularity that she's going to be, um, will get value on her lines because I think that they know that the money's going to come in on Goff. So I like Kuzmova here. Rebecca Peterson, minus 256 against Zdancic. Zdancic plus 202. Makes sense. Peterson's probably a pretty solid parlay piece. This is not Zidancic's best surface. Anything to add? I am. But the price is right. There's no play on this game. Penko, minus 185 against Laura Siegman, plus 149. What do you think, Spread? Does that make sense? I know you always get a little nervous when she's a favorite. Yeah, and she's rightfully the favorite, but the price is right. I don't see any value on betting the match um, unless you want to just go for an under. Yeah, I'm going to be taking a look. I know I had a lot of success last year doing Ostapenko single set under nine and a half. So start to take a look at some of those market folks. They're starting to pop. If you can get under nine and a half in like the neighborhood of minus 150 for the first set and you know minus 150, minus 160 in the second set, feel free to hit those. Yep. Daria Kasatkina minus 172 against Carla Suarez Navarro plus 138 CSN on her farewell tour. Kazakina yep. started showing, I think, a little life towards the end of last year, but good Lord, is this going to be soft. <laughs> it's going to look like they're playing with a Nerf ball spread. Yeah, I mean, this is a match for the purists, right? This will be a throwback to the old WTA where they just kind of hit the ball back and forth and, you know, everyone was just kind of getting the ball back. and So um, I really hope Dasha can turn it around here. And this is definitely a nice little intro for her. I think it's a nice match for her to kind of get warmed up and, and get ready to go. Um, as a CSN, she's definitely has more guile and um, is a smarter tennis player at this point of their careers. Um, does she have it physically um, to, to go in the type of match that that Kasekina is going to provide for? Because this is going to be a grueling match, right? I mean, if we could do an over-under oh, on the time. This is going right? to take forever. It's going to have yeah. the most steps of any match. I mean, if you want to yeah. watch two women run to the left and to the right over and over and over again, this is the match for you. Yeah. So, um, not a play on it because I think it's, it's priced correctly. But if, you, like, if you're betting every match at this price, you have to take CSN. Teichman, um, minus 1667, which is just hilarious, <laughs> against Ivanov. 
at plus 886. Again, I don't think Plead I don't know who Ivanov I, is. I haven't seen her. This is not Teichman's surface. I might just put a few dollars on Ivanov simply because no one should ever be minus 1,600 in a WTA match. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you want to do that, that's fine. I plead ignorance. I haven't seen her play. So Taylor Townsend minus one hundred nine against Caro Garcia minus. Isn't this fascinating? That's. I think this is what the price of this match should be. Right. See, but I think it's a, I think it's an interesting year. match. It is an interesting match. I think Townsend is someone that has a, a solid serve. I think she's, you know, obviously going to be ch- going to the net, looking to volley as much as she possibly can. Right. And I I wonder how Caro does under that pressure. You know, she is not mentally strong so I, I wonder if she's not able to hit good serves if Townsend's right up on the net putting pressure on her over and over and over again if she crumbles pretty quickly I think I like Townsend here but I, I do yeah. I like Townsend here minus 110 yeah. why would we not fake Carol until until the well runs dry I, I love mean, it yeah Let's eventually it. it won't work right but until until she turns it around which I do think she will I don't think that she's just gonna the to fade away and and never have a successful run in her career again, but I think for right now, until she figures this out, and and she might be a, another person that needs to get away from the family coaching because it's just not working. Van Udvank plus one seventy, Martich minus two thirteen. Don't mind Van Udvank at that price, but I don't at know. that price, it's screaming for you to take it. But I don't want to bet against Petra. Yeah, I'm but not you there. can't bet Petra at that price. It's the price is wrong. I agree. That's still, man. That's Van Utvank on a fast court. Jeez. That I mean, really, it, really it almost comes enticing. down to a philosophical idea. Do you bet every price that's wrong, just off principle, or do you, do you just use the price that's wrong as a starting point for your handicap? I, you know, you. You look at price. So what I generally try to do is I go through all the prices. If it looks right, I'll kind of skip over. If it looks wrong, then you start to dig in. You start to look for reasons why it might be the way yeah. that it is. Um, I think Van Utvank had a little tough run. She lost to Tormo 2-0 in Limoges, which is just beyond bizarre. Um, Martich hasn't played since the Elite <laughs> you Tournament. You Tormo so much. It's indoors. Indoor hardcore spread. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, no. 2-0. I, mean, I know, but it's just so funny. It doesn't you just, make any You choose sense. certain players that it you decided like mind. aren't worthy of the tour. It's just so funny. It boggles the mind spread. So if this is a fast <laughs> court, I mean, she should be coming out and playing well, and I think that is what's driving the price. I, I don't. Spread, do we have to better? No, and that's why I asked you philosophically. So we know, we've just identified the price is wrong. We both think that it's wrong. You know, the numbers indicate it should be closer. But do we have to better? I don't think so. I'm I don't need to bet every price it by tomorrow. What's up? I feel myself talking. It. I feel like I'm going to talk myself into this tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, we also have time to change our mind. Um, the question is, will money come in on AVU, and then the price would be closer to correct, and there's no value anymore? Or will people put Petra into parlays, and that price will go up even more to where you can't... Uh, you can't resist. That'll be interesting to see. Almost let the market make your decision on this on this uh, match. I'll definitely be looking at an over. I think I'm, I might be able to get over 21 games at minus 110. That's going to be a, a solid look as well. But oh, I like that look. Yeah, you want to you want to you want to give that one out? Yeah, let's do that. All right, AVU Martich will go over 21 games. I'm seeing um, minus one. Let me see. Was it 111? 112? Let me just double check the price there. Um, 
but I think that's definitely a good look. Both have solid serves. There's definitely a chance even that this goes three sets. Minus 114, I'm seeing, for over 21 games. So a little extra juice, but nothing I'm, I'm worried about. So let's go ahead and do that. Yeah, let's do it. Serena Williams, minus 476 against Svetlana Kuznetsova, plus 343. I guess that's just about right. So I think this is interesting in the fact that Kuznetsova is one of the few players, I think, that could beat Serena. I think this is actually a tough first-round match for her. Um, a lot of the other players we've talked about, I would not give them a chance against Serena. But I think, you know, obviously I think the price is right. But Kuznetsova has a, a legitimate chance to win. She's not going to be as intimidated mentally as some of these other players would be if they play her. Um, I think it's a tough draw for both women, actually. Um because, like I said, I think there is serious upset potential there. But I'm not going against Serena Williams, so no play for me on this match. So just out of curiosity, though, what does this match look like if Kuznetsova wins it? Kuznetsova is just moving, fighting for every point, and Serena doesn't play her best, and she starts spraying. So Kuznetsova just forces Serena Williams into errors from the baseline. Okay. I think you're right. I'm, I'm not expecting to see too much of that, but... Um, the price looks just about right. Happy to stay away. The last match we have, Caroline Wozniacki is minus five thousand. Again, because I haven't seen this player, have you? Horrigan. I think Aurigan? that we went over her her matches doing some Paige ITF and and Marie Horrigan. She played. Yeah. Um, Actually, never mind. I didn't go over her any matches. W twenty fives. Yeah, she's number 438 in the world. She must be a local wild card as she is from she New is. Zealand. Um, you know, hope she has some fun there, but this is just dumb. What's the total? Uh, let's see. The total. Like 17. <laughs> Oregon is 16 and a half. 16 and a half. 16 and a half. <laughs> the Asian handicap. Uh, what do we got? Minus seven and a half. Unbelievable. Well, yeah, I can't. I can't. I plead ignorance again. All right. Any other thoughts on Auckland? Are we ready to jump into the premier event? Brisbane. Let's go premier. All right. The premier event, again, a little more extra, a little extra ranking points here. Um, as we look at some of the past winners, Pliskova beat Serenko last year. Svitolina the year before over Sasnovich. Pliskova again in 2017 over Cornet. Hazarenka, Sharapova, Serena Williams twice. Um, in 2013 and 2014, and then Kaya Kanepi in 2012. And that's just the history since it became a premier event. Um, a little bigger field here. I'm sorry, is this 60? No, this is still 30, 32, so we can still go top and bottom here spread. In the top half, we've got Ashley Barty, Maria Sharapova, Sloan Stevens, Petra Kvitova, Alina Svitolina, Donna Vekic, Angelique Kerber, and Madison Keys. Just an absolute murderer's row. So break it down for me, Spread. What do you see in this top half? Dude, is this a stacked field or what? This is awesome. This is going to be fantastic. Even the qualifiers are tough. The qualifiers, we talked about that at the beginning. I mean, the qualifiers, these events have been good. There were some nice tennis on last night. There's going to be some good matches tonight. So, I mean, these tournaments. Real quick, can you jump in and, um, and just read off some of the names of the qualifiers that could potentially be in here? Um, let me see if I can find. I got those. it. I got. Yep, there's here we a go. Bl- 
Buzkova. So Buzkova, Mladenovic, Samsonova, Potapova, Golubic, Brady, Kudermatova, Putin Seva. Um, that's pretty much the list. I mean, that so, is awesome. The reason I wanted to bring that up is that don't just say she's playing a qualifier and assuming that she's going to pass. Yeah, that's a great right? point. I mean, some of these like, qualifiers. Looking at Sloan Stevens, right? Could she lose to one of the players you just mentioned? Absolutely. I hope Buzkova gets that spot. Oh, man. Yeah. That's and I good. hate to say it because they're some of my favorites, but um, actually, I think all the qualifiers are live. I think that Sharapova could lose to one of those players. I think Bekic has the least chance of the women that we've mentioned. Uh, Madison Keys is so inconsistent, she could definitely lose to one of those players, especially with the idea that those players will have two to three matches on the surface before the match starts. So, It's funny, all the qualifiers are here in the top half. It's really bizarre. But And you know what? Normally you'd say, oh, that makes the top half so much easier. But with the, the level and the depth of the WTA right now, I don't think that's at all. I think it almost makes it harder because you're going to get a player that is – um, had a couple matches on the surface. So, interesting. But let's look into the big names here. What do you think of an Angie Kerber outright? That's a really, really interesting thought. Um, let me see what we've got for a price here on Angie Kerber. I'm seeing 14 to 1. 14 to 1. It's just, I think in general, I struggle taking anybody in this top half. I mean,. Mm-hmm. If I start to look at this, you've got Barty, you've got Kvitova, you've got Svitolina, um, Keys, if she's playing well, this this could be a really great surface for her. So I'm staying away from this top half in general unless we get a really, really big number. Kerber at 14-1 to 1 is pretty interesting. You know, Out of everybody here, she probably has the easiest draw of these big names. I mean, Keys, again... Um, doesn't always give her very best in some of these events. So, you know, Stoser in round one, that shouldn't be tough. Keys has got a qualifier. That could be Buzkova. That could, you know, be somebody, Mladenovic, somebody like that. Kerber could absolutely beat her. Then Kerber's probably looking at Svitolina or Vekic, which isn't, you know, not the toughest match in the world. I think Kerber would be, you know, a favorite over Vekic or maybe a slight dog to Svitolina, but that's definitely a good spot. But mm-hmm. assuming she makes it all the way through that, she's looking at Petra Kvitova or Ashley Barty. Yeah, so the two that I'm looking at here are Kvitova and Kerber. Just because I want to get more than 10 to 1, this is a stacked field. So it's not like the Sabalenka situation where, you know, the short price on the favorite was attractive because of how much better she was than the rest of her field. And in the stacked field, I want more than 10 to 1. So I like Kvitova and Kerber. I'm seeing Kvitova at 11 to 1. It's just, it's tough. I think this is, from an outright perspective, you know, we've, I've got Gorgas in Auckland. We've got Alexandrova and Sabalenka and Shenzhen. I don't know. I don't see myself ending up betting anybody here, especially not in this top half. Okay. Well, see, then we get different here, and the listeners get a lot of different looks that they can choose for themselves because I think that um, I think that you can't go wrong. Now, you might not want to lay both. Maybe you'll just choose who you like better. And if that case, I you know, if you best... nail me down to one, I would take Kvitova. That's just but, what I was going to say. If I had to pick between yeah. the two of those, give me Kvitova. I but I, I also would not be surprised to see Kerber back 100% healthy, uh, new coach, new mindset, and getting and, and really showing, um, as odd as it sounds, she can she, with her baseline style, whatever, she does well on, on quicker hard courts. So um, I, both those numbers just jumped out to me. Yeah, I think Kvitova is the second best player in this top half. 
And I think she's had some success against Barty. I'm not too worried about that. I think it's you know, wrong, frankly, that she is less of a favorite than Svitolina. Svitolina is 7-1. Kvitova is like 11-1. I don't know. Maybe a half a unit on Kvitova, but... Like I said, I'm, I'm still well, I'm on so Kvitova for sure. So if we're doing a better job of tracking, um, go ahead and put me down for Petra. And what number do you got there for Kvitova? Uh, I took at Bookmaker. It's eleven to one. All right, we'll put you down for that one. I'll make sure I put just your name down in that next one, not the other, <laughs> not the other ones. Fantastic. Right. Let's jump Let's into look the bottom, at this bottom half, half, which I think is a little more attackable. You've got Kiki Burton's Yastremska, Kontovate, Shea, Kennan, Sevastova, Sakari, Osaka, Kanta, Risk, Mahova, Tomjanovic, and Karolina Pliskova. Um, this looks like a great draw for Osaka. I mean, she is one of the favorites to win the tournament, obviously. I'm seeing plus 380. She's probably 4-1 to one at most places, 3.5-1. to one. But Zachary in the first round should be a problem. Kennan in the second round will make her work, but she should win that match. Then she's looking at Yastremska or Shea. I mean, Shea's given her some trouble in the past, but... Or... Or who? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm writing this wrong. Or Kiki Burton's. <laughs> I was trying to avoid that, but you, you're right. Maybe no, she does win a couple The matches. reason I wanted to bring that up is when you're talking about perfect draws... Wouldn't it be awesome for Naomi to get three defensive players right off the bat and just hone in on her aggressive play? I think Yastrzemska can pose more of a challenge because she can redline and blow and, and bang the ball with her. But if she if, if Burton's were to sneak by Yastrzemska, well, not sneak by, I mean, she's favored. But she wins that match. I really think that that's beautiful for Naomi. Um, maybe not even to win the tournament, but just to start her year and just be able to hone in on her aggressiveness against three defensive players who are going to force her to hit winners. And um, that's what Naomi's game is. So it's almost like if I was Naomi's coach, this would be the draw that I want to get her ready for the 2020 season. I mean, just hone in, get those winners going, uh, bang the ball. These these players are going to make you beat them. You're going to have to hit multiple winners because a lot of them are really quick on the baseline. But that's what Naomi needs to get this season started and get her form just dialed in. I think it's a beautiful draw for her um, just from a, a development perspective to get ready for the year. I think you're right, and I think that does kind of blow up the third quarter there. The names that stuck out to me, and I'm so annoyed that they're playing each other, um, Allison Risk and Carolina Mahova at 33-1, to 33.5-1. Yeah. So what do you think about that match specifically? Does Risk win there? Does Mahova win there? Because I think I'm going to take whoever I think wins that match. I personally think it's Mahova. Um, you know, Risk had a nice season last year. This, sh- this should be pretty good for her. But I like Mahova's game. I think she's really a player who's on the up and up and is going to really ascend this year. And this is a good spot for her to start that process. What do you think, Spread? I like Risk here. I think that she really ended well. and She's really brought her game to the next level. And she's looking to show that she can compete um, in the, with the top 20 players uh, outside of grass. And I think this is a great surface and a great opportunity for her to do it. And I also agree with you. You know, we have our favorites that we like um, to ride in every sport. And, uh, you know, it's two of our favorites playing each other in the first round, right? If they were on opposite sides of the draw, I could see us maybe backing each of these women for two to three matches in a row. And one of them is going to be eliminated early, which is, which is too bad. And we're actually on the opposite sides here, but I like risk. How disrespectful is this conversation to Carolina Pliskova? Not at all. I mean, we haven't How brought her it? name up once. Well, because she's got almost like a cakewalk into the third round. She's got a bye, Tom Lianovich, then she plays. I like, I like Tom Lianovich a lot, but I think the way this surface plays out, it's not good for her. 
And then she's got the winner probably of our Risk Mahova match, to be perfectly honest. I mean, like you said, it's a pretty attackable I wouldn't draw. underrate Conta here. Really? So that's the, that's the other name that maybe sticks out for you. Quick Harcourse is Conta. Conta likes those. What do you mean? She was she dominated Clay last year, spread. I know, but I'm just saying she <laughs> likes quick Harcourts. <laughs> it works well for her. The ball the ball stays low. She can kind of um, redirect pace really well. Um, whoever Conta, assuming she gets past Stritzova, which is no big assumption because I mean, this is no sure thing because this is the WTA. Um, but I think that second round match will be fascinating. Conta against the winner of Risk and Muhova. I think that'll be a great uh, indicator for our year, and I really want to see it. I really want to see how those players match up against each other. All right, so we threw out a bunch of names here. Are you actually going to be betting on any of them? As much as I like Mahova, 33.5 to 1. Again, she's got risk in the first round, and at some point she has to play Pliskova. Pliskova's 7 to 1. That's kind of interesting, but I'm not ready to back her from an outright perspective. It's too short. It's too short. 7 to 1 is too short. Not in this field. Nope. I don't care that she's got an easy first two rounds. It, it's going to be a murderer's row for the last three matches. So, no, there's no way. I think Kvitova is my only play here. So, if you want to choose someone from the bottom half, I'll be interested to see who you choose. I got nobody. Really? Yeah, I can't do it. Like The more and more I look at it, the less good I feel about all of them. You don't think oh, there's a red line Yastrzemska um, possibility? No. To, it, what's her number? 33 and a half to 1. You don't think that that's about right for her red line potential? Maybe, but I just don't see it. I mean, she's got a red line so much. I mean, Burton's going to be a tough match yeah, in the first right. round. <laughs> then she plays either Contivate or Shea, and I mean, Contivate yeah. has, has the power to hang with her. Shea is smart enough to like mess her around, and then she gets Osaka, and then she gets Pliskova or Mahova, and then God forbid she gets through all that shit. She's got Kvitova, Bardis, Fidelina, or Kerber to play in the finals, like... So uh, that, you know what it. makes me realize, did we overlook Osaka Kryptonite Shea here as an outright potential? No, because, again, it's the same problem as Yastremska. She can win some big matches, but she can't win all those big matches in a row. 67 to 1. Nope. <laughs> okay. Nope, nope, Just nope. make sure we, I think that we had to do our due diligence, though, and at least explore the possibility. All right, anything else from an outright perspective? Unfortunately, I think we're coming up empty-handed here, although you've got Kvitova. I've got Kvitova, so we're not empty-handed. All right, wonderful. Let's jump into some of the singles matches here in the first round. First up, Kiki Burton's a dog spread, plus 108 against Diana Yastremska. That's kind of disrespectful. Wow, does that show how much the market's changed? It really has. That's That's wild. I thought Kiki Burton's would be... You know, I essentially assume these same numbers, but flip. Yeah, and I have them as even on mine. I have them both at minus 110. But So you th- are you thinking about Burton's at all then at the plus 108, or is that not quite enough value? I'm not playing this match. <laughs> how, how do you identify an edge in this match? Um, You're in Brisbane hanging in the locker room, and you notice that one of them looks like they're just in better shape than the other? I don't know. Yeah, I mean... Kiki did beat Yastrzemska twice last year. Shouts out to Jorge for that one. Um, I think Burton's is just a, a more stable player in general. You know, do you think that her serve is able to hold up here? Yastrzemska is the kind of player that um, can be tough against the more consistent players. So, yeah, she has two wins on quicker hard courts against her last year. Um, I like Burton's here, but not enough to make a bet. 
It's tough. I want to bet Burton's here, but I know if I do, she'll lose. So I guess we'll pass. Okay, don't do it so I can. All right, good. All right. Cannon minus 204 against Sevastova plus 163. That looks just about right. I think the, I think the price is too heavy on, on uh, Cannon. I think if you play this, you have to play Sevastova at that, at that price. Yeah, I, I know be. Cannon finished the year well, but but still, I mean, it's just too much. I guess you're right. I maybe have Sevastova close to like plus 150, but it's it's not enough value for me to make it. It's a not enough value to play. I agree. So. Kanta minus 208 against Stritzova plus 166. That again, that feels kind of right. I like Kanta a lot in this spot. Not that I like Kanta a lot here too. I actually think out, that but... it might be a little short. I think that if you want to parlay, look for Kanta to be one of your parlay pieces. All right. I like that look as well, I think. Um, Contivate minus 130 against Shea plus 106. That's actually probably just about right. As much as I want to jump all over Shea, since Contivate sucks on hard courts. <laughs> Are we doing this again? Oh, Where's yeah. Jorge? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not falling into this trap. Um, yeah, Contivate last, won last year on the slow courts of Miami. Uh, I'm not playing this match because I want Contivate to win so bad. I think it's clouding my judgment. Pavel Yuchenkova. Plus two twelve against Kvitova, minus two seventy. That feels just about right. Yeah, I mean it's a dog or pass situation. If you think that Petra is not going to play her best, which I do not, you know Pavlichenkova is worth a look there because she's definitely consistent enough to beat a not informed Kvitova. But I don't have any reason to believe um, that we won't see the best Petra. From what I'm hearing, um, she's feeling pretty good and looking forward to the season. Um, but. So yeah, if you like, if you're not as big on Kvitova as me, I think that's a good price for to, for an underdog there. But I will not be playing it. Now, this is a fascinating price, given the fact that they have the same outright prices. Risk is plus one forty four. Mahova is minus one seventy nine. Spread. Risk. I think you're right at that price. It's right it's at risk. that price. You have to right. How is this not a fifty fifty match? Yeah, that's wild. Right. I mean, shouldn't the line be minus one ten on both sides? I would have Mahova as a slight favorite, maybe minus 125, but you know, risk. Do you think it's coming no off the fact that their most recent match, Mahova beat her? Almost certainly. I think that definitely drives a lot of this. Um, man, that's a funky price. I think you're right. I think. That was a close match, too, though. 7 5 in the third. So you're telling me that she took 7 5 to the third set, and now I'm getting the same player at all that plus money? No way. I'm taking risk. I think you're right. Gosh. Yeah. I just I'm gonna double check a few things. I got tennis explorer up here. That's another great way to go. Yeah, they they haven't played. I mean, Mahova's played some Czech league tennis. I, I guess maybe that that has people interested because she's played. Um, you know, December fourteenth, December eighteenth. So she's played tennis in the last two weeks. Risk hasn't played since they played in the elite. And again, it was a two one match. I'm in. Let's do it. Yep, risk. All right, risk plus one forty oh put that into my little spreadsheet all right next up osaka minus 270 getting sakari plus 213 sure yeah you're right kerber minus tough draw for sakari i like i think that i really have high hopes for her this year and she's gonna just show up and probably get wiped in her first match it's a bad matchup for 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 sakari as as a defensive player who likes to redirect pace yeah. Uh, but Naomi's just too good, too sharp. Uh, only way Sakurai wins is if Osaka doesn't show up. Have no reason to believe we won't see the best of Naomi. She seems to be in great spirits. Um, just judging off social media, 
the practice footage and listening to some of her interviews because I like Naomi interviews. So um, I definitely will always take the time to listen um, or catch catch them on YouTube, like her press conferences, because I don't know, for whatever reason, I, I like them. But um, I think that she's really in a great place mentally to start the season. Tough drop for Sakari. Hey, Sakari is a player with a high floor but a low ceiling. And a player like Osaka is going to be here just about every time, I think. Right. You got that perfect there. You know what? That was great. High floor, low ceiling. That's perfect. Kerber minus 333 against Stoser plus 256. Sure. It might actually be even right. a little heavy on Kerber, but no, and there's you no think way. so? I don't know. Stozer, what, I, I don't how know. does Stozer win it other than Kerber just completely craps the match? He's almost like, pretty much Stozer's like a, just a, a worse version of Kerber at this point in their careers. All right, this next line, this is a funky price. Svitolina minus 769, Collins plus 521. I mean, is this principal? I don't understand that. Is like, she carrying an injury that we don't know about? How is the price so high? Is it a different, is there another Danielle Rose Collins that we don't know about? That's honestly yeah, like my I mean, only real theory here. No, I mean this should be about the same price as the last match, right? You would think. I would so. say it should right, be the same price as the Sozer Kerber match. That's interesting. It's two times too high. I wish Jorge was here to smack some sense into us, but I think Collins is a play. I think so too. Maybe not a full unit, but I mean, you could do a quarter unit and win what your full unit is. I think you're right. I think we'll toss a quarter unit on that guy. Yeah, we have to. That's that's the wrong price. How is this happening? What are we missing? There's something we're missing. If, if there's something wrong, we'll tweet it out. It, you know, we'll, we're going to have to look into this. I don't see any reason. Maybe she withdrew already and we didn't know. <laughs> Tom Yanovich, minus 233 against Priscilla Hahn, plus 183. Sure. I, I don't know. I don't really have too many reactions to that. That seems pretty straightforward, just about right. What do you think? I think it might be a little light on Ajla, but I've always underrated Han. It's kind of like a jobber, so I'm staying away. All right, Spread. That's all we got for singles matches. Three tournaments, a ton of content. Let's go through some of our picks so far from an outright perspective. We're both on Sabalenka. We've seen plus 350. I actually bet plus 450, so let's give that out at 4-1. to one. We'll call it Alexandrova, 14-1. to one. Gorgas, 11-1. to one. What do you think? We'll go full unit on Sabalenka. We'll go half on Alexandrova and Gorgas. Yep. All right, and then for Kvitova, you've got her at 11-1. What are you thinking there? Is that a full unit, half unit for you? Full unit, because if she's able to pull this out, I would just we'd just be starting off the year so, so fat. <laughs> I like it. Pagula, we got at plus 142. We'll go full unit there. Townsend, minus 109. We'll go full unit there. AVU, Mardich, over 21 games, minus 114. We'll go full unit there. And Risk, plus 144. Full unit there. And DRC, plus 521. Pending some sort of bizarre news, we'll go a quarter unit there. Lovely. I think that's fantastic. So how excited are you for these matches to start, dude? I mean, we're going to be... So wait, how do you do it now? Because they start, for me around the afternoon mid-evening and i just stay up as late as i can but then a lot of times i fall asleep before the premiere match of the evening now do you go the opposite way and just go to sleep early and then get up and watch the premiere the it depends the on the schedule matches? it because a lot of these matches start around like seven maybe eight o'clock at night yeah um there's even some on at like four or five in the afternoon to be perfectly honest so depending on what the schedule looks like i hope that all the interesting matches are either going to be in that 
you know, seven, eight o'clock range. I can watch them before I go to bed or they're on mm-hmm. early in the morning when I get up. Um, so I end up do, I do end up sleeping through a lot of this stuff and just, you know, kind of rewatching quickly on some of the replays and stuff. But yeah, um, cause I usually try and stay up for the premiere matches, but a lot of times I can't make it. And then I also notice like sometimes if I get too tired, I'm like, well, I'm not really like retaining any of this information anyways. I might as well sleep and then do what you said. Um, catch the replay or if, uh, you or Jorge or any one of our other knowledgeable friends lets me know, like, hey, you need to see this match. Uh, that's the great thing about the on-demand is, um, you know, we can always catch up. But, boy, it's so much fun to have. I love the way that this starts. I love being able to watch kind of late at night without uh, really any interruptions or distractions to start the season. I mean, it's just so fantastic. It's a great time of the year from a sports perspective. I know most people, when they say what's the best month in sports, they always say, like, uh, late March, early October. April, or October. I love Christmas. You get the NBA Christmas. The NBA season starts mm-hmm. to get really interesting. You start to hear trade rumors. We're in the NFL playoffs now. College basketball right. is starting to get interesting. Conference play picks up. Yep. Um, no baseball, which is always fun for me. Um, <laughs> hockey. People like hockey. That's interesting. Um, tennis just gets started. I think that this is a, just a wonderful, wonderful time of the year and couldn't be happier to have some tennis back in my life. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. So we'll be back going. Jorge will be back with us once he's back from his exotic vacation. Um, he'll be coming back even more cultured than he was before. Um, and we probably missed him today on some of the lower-ranked players. He probably could have given us a good breakdown um, as he is much more fluent in the ITF than we are. But regardless, I still think we gave out some nice actionable information and some good plays and some good reasons for him. So I'll be looking forward to doing this next week. Yep, we're back on our regular schedule. Be recapping the previous week, previewing the week to come, doing our outrights and our singles matches. Uh, one of the things we do want to be better about this year, and Spread mentioned it, was logging some of our plays. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at NetworthPod. Uh, there'll be a link there with a log that's got all of our outrights and singles plays that we gave out. So if you were trying to furiously take notes there for a little bit, um, no need to re- rewind. Um, we'll have those up there so you can read them and, and see what they look like. Um, and thanks again for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. We'd love a rating, a review, and uh, reach out to us with anything you'd like to know about. Is there some angles we maybe missed, some other interesting stuff you want to hear about? We appreciate the interaction. Have a great week, everybody. Yeah. There's one other thing I wanted to point out that we were also trying to do as a pod this year. We wanted to do some midweek check-ins on the periscopes. That's so true. rather than just hit the first round matches and then you guys don't hear from us for a week, we will be checking in midweek, looking at some of the matches, maybe discussing some of our outrights, you know, where we were right, where we were wrong. Um, and then we'll be able to handicap some of the more high profile matches. And the reason we chose Periscope is it comes to you right away. There's no upload delay. Um, you know, you can get the information right away so we can go on a lot closer to the times of the matches, but still give you guys actionable information if you wanted to tail or if you wanted to fade or um, just listen to make up your own mind. So uh, look for the midweek periscopes to be added into the schedule this year, and um, it's going to be fantastic. So uh, why don't you do one more thing, and then I can do the sign-off. All right, that is a great, great point. We've had a lot of fun on Periscope, um, especially the NBA ones. I know, Spread, you and I have been pretty good. We'll have to get Jorge on there. You guys can finally see what Jorge looks like. I guess we both. Have you ever seen what Jorge looks like? I have no idea. No, I don't either. That'd be very exciting for everybody. I just, In my mind, he looks like a Seminoles helmet. <laughs> we'll look forward to those scopes, everybody. And thanks again for listening. We really appreciate it. Have a great week. Good luck in all your wagers.